Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to day two of my special week of bonus mini episodes where I'm busting the top five myths of divorce. So today is July 4th. Happy Independence Day, everyone. And that's why I decided to do this series. I have found that these myths can be so pervasive for people that they just go into the divorce process believing it's going to be a certain way, that there are certain just hard truths about divorce that have to be accepted, and that means that's how their divorce is going to go. And so you hinder yourself, you handicap yourself the minute you start believing these myths. And so today we're going to bust myth number two. Now, these are not in any particular order this week, but each day I'm going to bust another myth. Yesterday, I busted the myth that divorce is always war, that it's always going to be a contentious process. If you didn't listen to that one, back up and go listen to yesterday's. But today I'm going to bust a myth and I'm going to debunk the common divorce myth that many people believe to be true, even in the world we live in today. And the myth is that in a divorce, moms are the better parents and they always get custody of the children. And really, that's not always true. And in fact, the reality is quite different from what many, many people think. In most cases, both parents have an equal right to custody of their children and custody arrangements or parenting plans, and according to the law, are based on the best interests of the children, not the gender of a parent. So let's define that myth. Before we dive into what reality is, let's look at the myth itself. You know, the myth assumes that mothers are more nurturing and better caregivers than fathers. And I think we can see where that certainly comes from. We live in a society that for decades and centuries, frankly, has lived along gender lines of women are the caregivers, men are the breadwinners, the hunter-gatherers, right? And what we um, have found is the law for a very long time followed that conception. In fact, many of you realize and know I have practiced law for over 32 years. And I will say when I first got out of law school and for the first decade or so of my legal practice representing clients, I would say it it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that moms got custody, got alimony, got child support, and dads in that gender paradigm got visitation every other weekend and one dinner during the week or something like that and paid that alimony and child support and continued to be breadwinners. And 
What I have found, and it has progressed rapidly, say, in the last 20 some odd years of my practice, is we have really come to a place today where the gender of the parent is not necessarily the overarching or overriding thing that a court is going to look at in determining what custody and parenting time arrangements are in the best interests of those children. And in fact, there is an assumption at law, I believe in every state, if it's not every state, it's almost every straight state, that children benefit from having meaningful involvement of both of their parents in their lives. And it's not that one parent is more capable of taking care of them than the other. In fact, some states have moved into having uh, shared custody as a presumption. I believe that North Carolina just passed that as a law, and I know that Florida also just passed an equal shared parenting law. So it's changing very quickly. So although the myth may be, and we still may have a societal presumption that mothers are the best parents and should get custody or will get custody. The reality check is that in most cases, legally, both parents have an equal right to custody of their children. And those parenting arrangements should be based solely on the best interests of the children, not on the gender of the parent. In fact, in according to a report recently by the U.S. Census Bureau, in the last decade, fathers made up about 17% of custodial parents, and that number is increasing rapidly. So a few things to know when we talk about custody. One, first thing to know, I don't love that term because to me, custody sounds like something that you're in when you're in jail. But it is a pervasive term in the legal sense of this process, so I'll use it in this mini episode. But when it comes to custody, there are two different kinds of custody. There's legal custody and there's physical custody. So legal custody is the parent's right to make major decisions about their children's upbringing. Those are generally health, education, religious upbringing. They're big issues of welfare, right? Things about your child. And the presumption at law is that joint legal custody is in the best interests of children. So what does that mean? That means that when it comes to decision-making, in order for one parent to get the right to make decisions over the objection of the other parent, which would be sole legal custody instead of joint legal custody, that parent who wants sole legal custody has a legal obligation to prove, to overcome the presumption that joint is is the best thing in the child's best interests, and has to come up with the reasons to convince the court that it's better for the children, it's in the child or children's best interest that that parent have sole sole decision-making capability. And I'll tell you, it's hard. Usually only happens when 
one of the parents for some organic reason, and by that organic, I would say substance use disorder, alcohol use disorder, mental health issues and challenges. When a parent cannot participate because of those, that is a case where it might be in that child's best interest. The other cases are where, for whatever reason, the parents cannot work together to make determinations as to what is in their children's best interests. And those can be cases where there has been abuse, intimate partner violence, physical abuse, physical violence. It can also be those cases that are so high conflict or contentious that the parents just hate each other and can't work together. Or one of the parents is so difficult Sometimes this is a case where someone has a personality disorder. Sometimes it's just a case where someone is so emotionally distraught or disturbed by the facts usually surrounding the divorce that they are unable to put their children's best interests ahead of their feelings, emotions, whatever content in order to work with the other parent. And in those cases, for the children's best interests to be met, a court may determine that one ch- one parent has the right to make or should make those decisions unilaterally. And that, again, is not necessarily going to be the mother at all times. It's going to be the parent who can best meet the best interests of the children in the court's discretion and determination. Now, I want to to mention that. The court has a number of factors that it's going to look at when it comes to determining what the best interests are for children and then in the court's own discretion looking at those factors the court's going to make up its mind as to what it thinks is best and that can be very different from what you the parent think is best or what this myth says is best right moms are the best parents then you have physical custody where the children are laying their head who they're residing with at on what day And there's also, just as there are with legal custody, there's joint physical custody and sole physical custody. I will say sole physical custody is extremely rare. Again, it's usually for those same reasons that you see sole legal custody. But joint custody, well, that's that's really the the one that's open to the most interpretation because joint or shared physical custody doesn't necessarily mean equal 50-50 time, although you hear 50-50 all the time when parents talk because that's what sounds fair to parents. I get 50% of my child's time. But again, what a court is going to look like, look at, is what's in the children's best interests when it comes to physical custody with parents. And again, there is no presumption that a mother is the parent that should have the greater amount of parenting time or physical custody. Now, if you are a family that has lived according to societal norms, I'm going to go to that, you know, somewhat, you know, societal norm of stay-at-home mother and breadwinner father, which is becoming less and less the world we live in, but still definitely is something that we see in divorce. One of the things the court may look at is the continuity of continuing the parenting that has been happening historically. But that has been tempered by the fact that 
dads or the breadwinning parent who was not the primary caregiver still had ongoing, usually daily access to children. And now that parents are splitting up into two households, the world is different. So even if historically one parent has been the primary caregiver, that does not mean that it, that parent is going to continue to be the primary caregiver or that it's in the children's best interests. Because when you go back up to, it's important for children to have regular ongoing contact with both parents, sometimes that means that both parents are going to have a more equal or one parent who doesn't have as much parenting time might have more now so that the children can keep up that ongoing contact with both parents. Overall, it's really about what's best for the children. And it's what the judge, if you two can agree, at least, which one assumes that if somebody is set on, well, I'm the mom, I'm going to get full custody or I'm going to have primary custody, and you have a dad who thinks, well, no, that's not fair or that's not right or that's not what's in the child's best interest, what you're going to end up with is a judge having to make that decision for you. And the judge is not looking at what either of you think is in your children's best interest. That judge is going to look at the categories under the law of what determines a child's best interest and that judge will in their discretion determine what parenting time should look at. But one of the things that I know a court is not going to look at, I don't know of any state where the gender of the parent is one of the elements that a court is going to look at in determining what is in the best interests of a child. So it is 100% a myth that mothers are better parents and that they always get custody of children in a divorce. Each parent has an equal right to custody of their children. It's a rebuttable presumption that they don't. And custody arrangements should always be based on the best interests of the child, not the gender of parents. So it's really essential for parents going through a divorce to understand this. This is a myth that causes a lot of acrimony and discord among parents, which only leads to a very difficult co-parenting relationship after you've fought all these things out. So if parents can go into the discussion about what custodial arrangements will work best for their children, then often you can end up with a better parenting plan for the kids and a better co-parenting relationship as you go forward. So I wanted to point out there's a recent episode with Professor Stephanie Tang called What Are Best Interests of the Child? And what does that really mean? It's a fantastic episode that really dives deep into what this issue of best interests, because this is another, I wouldn't call it a myth, but it's something that people really misunderstand as they go through divorce. And Professor Tang, she teaches family law down in Texas. She really does a fabulous job describing it in that episode. There are also, I think, seven or eight episodes with the co-parenting expert, the best one that I know, Christina McGee. Go look for any of the episodes with Christina and you are going to find out more about what works for kids in a parenting plan. So be sure to tune in tomorrow. I'm going to keep up this myth busting. Tomorrow I'm going to be busting some myths about spousal support so you don't want to miss it because freedom from divorce myths 
is the best way to move forward with independence after your divorce in your beyond. See you tomorrow. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond. Thank you.